This is the Monday, January 24th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We've got you covered with the variety of action for tonight. So settle in and we'll set you up in 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more, with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. It is Monday. And it is the day after what quite possibly could be the wildest playoff day <laughs> in NFL history. Tyler Fulgham and Aaron Dolan with you this morning. We thought the Rams-Buccaneers finish was kind of nuts. And then, holy cow, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go absolutely nuclear in the final few minutes of that game. And KC, Rams advance, Chiefs advance, both in thrilling fashion. We now have the final four set in the NFL era. And so we don't need to make any yeah. picks here, but just want to get some initial thoughts on the two games. We'll see on Sunday, January 30th, first in Arrowhead, Kansas city Bengals come to town as a seven point road dog, a total of 54 and a half. We know these two teams matched up earlier this year, but mm-hmm. that was in Cincinnati and the Bengals got that victory. Seven seems like a lot of points, but it is Patrick Mahomes yes. at home. Just don't know what to do with this at this moment. Your initial thoughts on what you expect to see. Yeah, well, first off, just kicking it back to this weekend. That Chiefs-Bills game was the best game I think I've ever watched, aside from the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That was so good. (laughs) But I'm so frustrated with the overtime rules. The fact that Josh Allen didn't even get the chance to go down the field, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing of all time to bring that, you know, just to a coin coin flip. It's just got to be so hard for the Bills to swallow. But in terms of looking at these, you know, games that are coming up this weekend, excited for those, both of them on Sunday. And we're seeing earlier times for these games, which I so appreciate on the East Coast, because usually we have that (laughs) Sunday night football game around eight o'clock. This time it's at 642 p.m. Eastern. But looking at the Bengals, I think that total is very high, 54 and a half. That's the same as um, the Bills Chiefs total last week. But these teams did combine for 65 points last time they met in those Bengals came back and were able to beat them. We know the Chiefs defense is just not great. They are able to put up, or excuse me, teams are able to put up a lot of points on them. In terms of looking at the spread, I hate this seven. That could potentially be a push. I'm not looking to play that. I am surprised it's that long because I do feel like we keep counting out the Bengals every single week, but then they surprise us. So I'm like, at what point do I decide to kind of jump on the Bengals bandwagon almost? I'd love to see the Bengals upset the Chiefs just given everything that they've, you know, accomplished this season. We saw the Bengals beat them already. But in terms of lines, I know that Adam Pullen, assistant director trading at Caesars, had talked about this before in an article that teams that have played each other before, that's not really factored into the line. It's all based on modules that are current modules. So and analytics. So that's something also to keep in mind. But yeah, not going to bet that spread and not too, too surprised the total is that high, but also wasn't expecting these lines. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I think it, it there's this is why this is hard. The Bengals deserve more respect than a touchdown for what they've done. They went on the road against Agreed. the number one seed in the AFC, won that game. They beat this team earlier in the year, albeit at home. Seven just seems like way too much for a team that has proven worthy of being in the AFC championship game. However, on the other side, there is this unstoppable force that is Patrick Mahomes and what he does, especially in the playoffs, especially at home. Like, how uncomfortable would it be to back the Bengals plus seven and watch Patrick Mahomes every time he has the damn football? I would not feel comfortable holding that ticket. So if it gets Mm -hmm. to seven and a half, that changes things a lot. Obviously, takes that push out and you're past that key number. Um, I do think the total at 54 and a half obviously is high. But I mean, 
the, the Chiefs have shown, unless it's like Ben Roethlisberger or Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, some other god-awful quarterback on the other side, they're usually in high-scoring shootouts. We saw what happened, yep. of course, against Buffalo Bills. Go back during their, like, final 10 games of the regular season where they were limiting every opponent to, like, 10 points or less. Um, the two quarterbacks that put up, you know, multi- high 20, 30-point efforts against them were Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. If you have a quarterback that, that is that good, maybe not be Patrick Mahomes, but is 90 95% of what Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is, these are usually shootouts with the Chiefs. So I feel like attacking the uh, total going I feel over like the there. Chiefs have to go into a shootout because their defense just hasn't been that great in, in ways. Like, it's almost like Patrick Mahomes has to put up that many points in order to win. Yeah, and he usually does. Um, but it feels <laughs> yeah. like, and he usually does, and, but it just feels like seven is a little disrespectful to the Bengals, but my gosh, I would not want to hold any ticket other right now than a Kansas city chief ticket because of the way Mahomes is playing just in complete God mode on the other side in the NFC, the Rams host the 49ers. They'll be the third time they've matched up the season. Everyone knows the Niners won both matchups this year and have a current six game win streak against Sean McVay and the LA Rams. The Niners are a three and a half point road dog. And I use mm-hmm. air quotes, which you can't see here on our podcast with road dog, because we know the last time the Niners played at SoFi stadium, it was almost a home game for them instead of the Rams, their fans traveled mm-hmm. significantly to SoFi. And I don't expect that to be any different for this NFC title game, total of 46 and a half, which is, you know, a touchdown and an extra you know, mm-hmm. two point conversion less than the other game. I like the Niners plus three and a half. There's a key number there. I don't think it's going to be a true home environment for the Rams. The Niners, Mm -hmm. obviously, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback, all they do is play close, low scoring, tightly contested games. And right now all they're doing is winning those games. So it seems like the value is on the Niners at three and a hook. And unlike the other game, I think the total here is one where I'm looking either under or pass given the way that these two teams will want to interact. The Niners wanting to control the clock and keep Matt Stafford off the field and play a low-scoring game. And look at the way both of these defenses are playing. Not just the Rams' defense with Von Miller and Aaron Donald pressuring quarterbacks, but the the Niners' defense has been awesome here down the stretch. Nick Bosa and those guys were all up in uh, Aaron Rodgers' face on the road. So I do think it's going to be kind of which team dominates Mm -hmm. and wins the line of scrimmage is the team that wins this game. Uh, Even though 46.5 is low for two offenses that can score the way that these two can – we got to remember that both these defenses are at the in the NFC Championship game for a reason as well. Yep. Yeah. Initially off the bat, I kind of like the under 46 and a half. I mean, the 49ers are just going to hand the ball off the entire time. Take a look at right. Jimmy G's uh, right. passing yards. Make sure you take the under on that because I did that last <laughs> week and that, that worked out well for me. But an interesting thing, and I feel like some people had missed this, um, the Rams changed their ticket policy. So through Ticketmaster, the Rams informed ticket seekers that public sales for the NFC Championship game will be restricted to residents of the greater Los Angeles region. I saw this surface on Twitter and this morning I looked it up. So they're actually going to geographically try to get yes. more people that are Rams fans, which is absolutely ridiculous. Come on. I mean, how are you going to figure that out? Like, what if you were in an area and you're actually a Rams fan and they think you're, you know, from San Fran? Who'd, I just think that's absurd. But regardless, um, yeah, it's 49ers at three and a hook. I mean, it makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if that moved down a little bit. The Rams, the fact that Tom Brady almost came back in that game scares me a lot. Uh, yes, they jumped out to that quick start, but a little concerned there in terms of that. 
Yeah, the Rams definitely tried to give that away with four fumbles. And don't forget, just two weeks ago, the Rams had a 17-point lead on this Niners team at home. And the Niners, of course, came back and won that game. So the Rams have kind of struggled having, you know, early success in ball games recently. Again, that's why I think the Niners side, especially at this price, is a good uh, value. I will say this about that ticket policy at SoFi. Uh, there's definitely been a push from San Francisco 49ers fans to uh, pay top dollar. They, I think they'll be willing to have those – uh, LA fans buy those tickets at, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a pop. And then those LA fans may be able to make a, a grand or two on those tickets. Cause I think the, uh, the money from San Fran will come down and flood the market for those tickets. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if the uh, home field advantage is true for yeah. the Rams or if there's a lot of red in that stadium. I think there'll be just as much 49ers fans in there as we saw just a couple weeks ago. All right. That'll do it for our initial look at the uh, NFL championship weekend. Let's get to though a little short four game NBA slate before we get out of here. Anything that you like uh, when it comes to side total or player props in tonight's uh, four game NBA slate here. Yeah. NBA slate really sucks tonight, but uh, <laughs> Cleveland minus two and a half in the first quarter. They're 31, 14 and two ATS in the first quarter, the best team in the league in terms of covering that first quarter spread. The Knicks team, it's on a back-to-back, as you know, uh, they just beat the Clippers last night at home. They are traveling. They only averaged 25 points in the first quarter on a back-to-back. And then you have a Cleveland team that's averaging 29 points in that first quarter. And, you know, Cleveland ranks second in the league in points allowed per game at third in defensive rating. So I do like that play. Another one is Javal McGee over 20 and a half points and rebounds. It did just move up to 21 and a half. And I understand this number is pretty high, but Aiton is doubtful after missing his third straight game with a right ankle sprain. Uh, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, they're out. And the Jazz are going to be without Rudy Gobert, most likely. Uh, so I think that he might be able to get some points and rebounds for the team. He was able to hit over this number last game against the Pacers. So those are the two plays I like for tonight. Yeah, two plays I have. One is similar to your Cavs play, the three points in the first half. Uh, I also think the Knicks team total under 97 and a half is, even though it's low, I would look at that. The Cavs win with defense. They cover um, one of the best cover teams in the NBA. And, of course, their defense combined with the Knicks kind of uh, – stop-and-go offense, and their methodical pace um, drives me to the under there. This one uh, is kind of like a hold-your-nose and, and grin and bear it, but the Thunder, th- this line looked very fishy to me. The Thunder are only two-point home dogs Makes against no the sense. Chicago Bulls. And I was like, oh, why is this? Well, I looked, and the, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think, have the second-best ATS record in the NBA. They don't win a lot of games, but they cover a lot of games. And the Bulls right now, they have been struggling since Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, especially, um, have been out of the lineup. DeMar DeRozan and uh, Nikola Vucevic haven't quite been able to carry the load uh, with those two guys out. And Levine, especially, I think, has been a massive, massive loss. Another guy who can create his own shot and has been wildly efficient this season offensively. The Bulls have struggled. I think they've lost like four of their last five or five of their last six, something crazy like that. So they're on the road in OKC. And even though it's really, really short, um, I was like, no way the Bulls would only have to lay two against this Thunder team. That's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back the Thunder here. They're at home. Um, they mm-hmm. are getting a Bulls team that's struggling, and the line is just so fishy. It's like, what, what, what does the market know here? But I'll trust the Thunder and their ATS record all season long. Um, you've had to kind of um, give Oklahoma City too many points based on uh, their ability to cover against the spread. Um, right now this season, uh, just overall, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder have the second best cover percentage in the NBA at 29, 16, and one. That's just 
a percentage wow. point and a half behind Cleveland. Cleveland's the best ATS team. Oklahoma City is number two at 29, 16, and one. So the market has been wrong on them all season long. I'll try and lean into that um, against a team that is clearly superior, but is down a few key players right now in uh, Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. Alex Caruso, of course, uh, out as well as uh, Chicago Bands fans are really ticked at Grayson Allen for uh, causing that injury. So light NBA slate. That's how Aaron and I are attacking it. We do have a Monday yeah. edition of Daily Wager today. You, myself, and uh, Joe Fortenbaugh will be there for uh, Daily Wager, our full hour at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we got to break down what happened on Sunday and uh, Saturday and Sunday and look ahead to the uh, weekend upcoming. We'll have more in the NBA as well and uh, maybe dabble in the NHL uh, and some college uh, ranks, try and get some best bets that are winners and start the weekend off right. But again, a Monday Daily Wager can be seen today at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, normal time on ESPN2. That'll do it for the Daily Wager podcast on this Monday. A little bit more than 10 minutes of the bets you need, as promised, from Tyler and Aaron. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow if you're enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Daily Wager podcast. (laughs) 